You are listening to the Teaching Little Brains podcast with Sarah Nichols, episode 38. Hello, teacher brain. Can you hear my voice? Isn't it fascinating that you can still hear what I'm saying pretty clearly, even with all of this noise in the background? Let's find out why. Well, that's better. (laughs) Welcome. Um, Have you ever been at a loud, busy party or in a primary classroom or daycare or maybe at an amusement park or a concert where there's so much going on around you, like people are talking, maybe there's music, there's clattering or bells or ripping paper or crying or laughing or drum beats. And still, you're able to hold a fairly comprehensive conversation with the person in front of you, or at least you're able to follow along with the gist of the conversation, if not like get every single separate word. It's incredible. And that's something called the cocktail party effect. It's very scientific. (laughs) It allows you to focus your attention on one stream of auditory input and tune out the rest. And even more fascinating is that even while you're focused on that conversation, for example, and tuning out the music and chatter in the background, if your name is spoken, even from like a fairly impressive distance or in an impressively low decibel, you'd be able to detect it. And you've likely experienced this already maybe many times, like your students are working busily, chatting, maybe there's background music on and an announcement's being made and you're working with a small group of students and someone like at the door says your name and whoosh, your brain and eyes look, lock straight on that source. We have over 2 million bits of information coming at us every moment. And if you're an avid listener of the podcast, then you know how fascinating, complex, and powerful your brain is. But even it cannot process all of those bits of information at the same time. So remember your good old friend, the reticular activating system, RAS? Your RAS scans and filters the incoming information and only allows in that which aligns with what you already believe. And what you believe becomes your identity. And your name is one of the most solid core elements of your identity. So when you hear it, even amongst a symphony of other sounds and distractions, you zone right into it. Now, the last two episodes have been around some interesting audio processing phenomena that I found particularly fascinating. Um, Specific sounds that trigger misophonia and ASMR or the brain tingles. And in my research for those episodes, I stumbled across some pretty interesting other audio events called audio illusions. And a professor named Diana Deutsch is the leading researcher in musical illusions and paradoxes at the University of California in San Diego. And she studies a number of auditory illusions, including the octave illusion, the scale illusion, the tritone illusion, the phantom word illusion, which... You may have um, seen or heard rather before. It's called uh, pareidolia. And it's similar to when you can like see faces in rocks or how you can pick out like animal shapes in clouds. It's about the perception of images or sounds amongst random meaningless stimuli. 
So your brain sees an object or hears a sound and tries to make sense of it by assimilating it with something that it already knows or is familiar with, like a picture or a word. So let's try it. Now, I've jimmied this up with my very limited technical skills. So you may want to, after this episode, just go and and try it directly from like the YouTube source. And I've linked those in the show notes so you can access those later. Okay, so listen to this. What do you hear? What did you hear? A word? Two words? More? The most common things that people hear in that one are window, welcome, melting, love me, runaway, no brain, raincoat, nowhere, reno, Broadway, nombre, when oh when, bueno, and mango. <laughs> so fascinating. Okay, here's another one. What did you hear that time? So Professor Deutsch found that the words that people hear often relate to how they're feeling at the time that they hear them. So if you're hungry, you may have picked out words related to food. And if you're feeling stressed, you may have heard words connected to whatever you're stressed about. So what are they actually saying? Well, unfairly in this one, it's not disclosed. (laughs) So It's not even disclosed whether or not there's an actual word under there or if it's just sounds. However, it is simply one syllable played in one ear and the other in the other ear. So you could make up your own and experiment with it and see if anyone else can hear the word that you recorded. Now, we had a lot of fun trying these and other illusions together in our family this morning. And again, I've linked them in the show notes, and uh, I'd encourage you to take a look and check them out and try them for yourself. It's pretty fun. Our hearing plays tricks on us all the time, but it's not your ears that are deceiving you. It's your brain. So what is happening? Well, the energy of the sound waves travels into your ear and is translated by the three smallest bones in your body in the inner ear and 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 then that transmits electrical impulses through the auditory nerve into the brain now because these random syllables are coming from each ear in separate pieces they're not necessarily familiar to your auditory cortex and so it tries to make sense of them by putting them together into one piece and using context that which you already know like words to puzzle them together so kind of like what happens when you mishear the lyrics of a song like ccr's bad moon rising there's a bathroom on the right or we built this city on sausage rolls um like all the lonely starbucks lovers by taylor swift um even though you know it's probably not right you you can't unhear it once your brain is like locked into it one of my favorites is actually one of my favorite um 
like all time, always puts me in a great mood, can't help but dance when I hear it songs is Islands in the Stream by Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers. And one time it came on when I was with a friend and we were singing along and then all of a sudden I stopped after one of the lines um, and we rely on each other and we rely on each other Aha. because I swear I heard something different. So I was like, what did you say? And he said, and we will lie on each other. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, no, that's not right. But um, yeah, he was convinced, convinced. Um, so speaking of music, there's another illusion called speech to song that happens when a short spoken phrase gets repeated over and over or looped and then starts sounding like singing. So in this case, your brain hears the repetition or loop And that repetition of words tricks your brain into identifying a rhythm. And that puts your brain to work on trying to find musical patterns and process the pitch. Kind of like this. Happy Halloween. 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 At first, the first couple of times, it sounds just like talking, just like how I recorded it. But once it's looped and you hear it over and over, your brain starts songifying it. (laughs) And this could be another fun challenge to do with your family or class or both. Take a random piece of recorded text, spoken text, and see what they pick out and then loop it to make it music so fun. Each person could even like record their own voice reading something specific and then you swap recordings and make it musical. They could even add musical components to it like percussion or or instrumentals. And so similar to hearing music where there is none, another phenomenon called visually evoked auditory response, which is a type of synesthesia where the senses of hearing and sight get kind of crossed in the brain is when we hear things that aren't there at all, but this time it's evoked by a visual stimulus. So for example, about 20% of people who watch a video of a jumping transmitter transmission tower, so it's like this engineered video of um, three transmission towers playing jump rope, so there are two on the ends and the middle one's jumping. So 20% of people who watch it actually hear an audible thud each time they see the jumping tower land, even though the video has no sound. So you should check that one out too and see if you hear it. Now, expectation also plays a role in what we hear, as you can imagine. So in 2016, there was, or sorry, 2006, there was a study conducted in which brain scans were done on participants who were told that they would eventually hear a sound. And as they sat in silence anticipating the sound, the auditory cortex of their brain lit up in the same way it does as if they were actually listening to the sound. So interesting. Okay, so what about words like voice and talking? What does it have to do with that? Well, right now, for example, my voice is leaving my mouth in sound waves. The sound waves travel to you and enter your ears and get passed on through, as we just learned a couple minutes ago, into your brain. 
Now, pretty much everything that hits your brain, as we know, first goes through the amygdala. And remember, the amygdala is the guard dog of our brains. It's what decides if it what's going to be um, let in information it's going to let in to be then passed on to the prefrontal cortex to be processed. And um, that's where our feelings are initiated and uh, where we start to store, like the memory store process starts off, or if it's going to block things out. So the way the information is spoken really makes a difference to your amygdala. Your amygdala speaks emotion. It does not accept things well that are delivered in monotone. You won't remember things as easily when they are delivered in a tone that doesn't spark any kind of emotion. Now, remember, learning happens when information combines with emotion. If the emotion is zero, like boredom, for example, anything times zero is zero. So there is zero learning happening, or at least not without significant effort. Like when I was in university, I had a professor who talked in one single note the whole time. Lectures on Canadian geography were very boring. I had to struggle through each and every lecture. And that class was like 8.30 on a Friday morning after pub night, right? So, but I tried, man. Like I sat at the front or slept at the front. I took notes. I brought snacks so like I would be busy and mentally engaged. But every time I fell asleep, I could not outwill my brain. Now, and and I didn't remember anything from that class. I had to study from the textbook. So the truth is that 85% of people talk in just one or two notes. What? Like that was eye opener for me. I always assumed that it was like soothing and helpful to talk in like a semi monotone voice, but it turns out not so much, at least not always. Your brain zones out, it's bored, and your amygdala or the amygdala of your listener is not going to tag what you've said as important or engaging, so it will easily be dismissed or forgotten. Now, because music calms the amygdala by evoking emotion, for the most part, depending on the music, which is why we often um, use it with guided meditation and hypnosis, and your brain is more relaxed and open to suggestion early in the morning and late at night, so it's a great time to do your brain priming, your visualizations, your gratitude and affirmations, and it's a great time to program in all those positive things that you want to automate in your subconscious. So... Because music comes, people who speak musically, who add notes, almost like a melody, and speak with emotion and leverage volume, not yelling all the time, but are not afraid to vary the volume of their voice either, come across more enthusiastic, more passionate, more authentic, honest, and trustworthy, more confident, more engaging, People remember what they say because of the way it made them feel. You know, there's that saying, people might not remember what you say, but they will always remember how you made them feel. Um, And that's why. So it's really, it really is not just what you say, but how you say it. And in fact, a study done just last year um, showed that 
that people are able to correctly identify twice as many emotions. So they were always only in previous studies, only able to identify 12 emotions accurately when people were speaking words and implementing those emotions, putting those emotions into their words. But they were able to, this recent study showed that people were able to correctly identify as uh, twice as many emotions, so 24, in recordings of people saying things like, oh, ah, hmm, than they are when people were talking and saying the words. So if you want someone to listen to you and remember what you've said, you need to make sure you're speaking to them in a way that engages their emotion to get your message past their amygdala and into their prefrontal cortex where they will consider it and process it. Now, hopefully I have done some of that here today. I'm always trying to take this cool stuff and use it in my life. And I hope it's interesting enough to inspire you to do the same. And I would love to hear which illusions you try and which uh, and, and what phantom words you hear. So please tag me on the socials with your responses um, and enjoy. I'm at, you can tag me on my personal, Sarah Nicarak. Um, on Instagram, I'm at S. Nicarak, um, or Teaching Little Brains. So you have been listening to the Teaching Little Brains podcast with Sarah Nicarak. Until next week, be safe, kind, ration the Halloween candy, and have fun. Bye for now.